Today's episode of the podcast was recorded at the Impact Investment Summit in Sydney at the end of 2019, where I was lucky enough to speak with Michelle Giddens. She's co-founder of Bridges Capital. She's based in the UK, and during our conversation, she summed up really well how poignant and emotional it was to be here in Australia, in Sydney. Having these conversations about climate change and about investing in sustainability, all the while we're quite literally surrounded by fire. And as we all know, the bushfires only got worse as summer wore on. People lost their lives and many more lost their homes. And while the extent of the devastation is only just coming to light, it really did spur a sense of urgency for shifting the way we treat this big brown country that we call home. And that's what we're all about here on the Good Future Podcast. I'm your host, John Treadgold, and I'm asking the big questions about the business of sustainability, the new economy, and how your spending and investment decisions can have an impact. Now, Michelle co-founded Bridges Fund Management in 2002 alongside Philip Newbra and Sir Ronald Cohen. She has more than 25 years experience in sustainable and impact investing. And as she explains, she began to see the power of using capital markets to solve social problems in her formative years when she was working in development finance for the World Bank and the IFC. Now, I do want to apologize. The audio on my side of this conversation is a little scratchy, so please forgive a few of the bumps. But fortunately, Michelle's microphone was clean and crisp and her side came through well. Now, I launched this podcast a little over a year ago, and I did it with the support of the Impact Summit. So it's great to be telling some of their story. And we've got a few more guests from the summit lined up to be on the show in the coming few weeks. So do stay tuned for that. All right, all the show notes are on my website at johntreadgold.com. And if you want to keep the conversation going, then find me on Twitter and let me know your thoughts. Nothing left to do but dive in to my conversation with Michelle Giddens. Here we go. Investing Summit, and I'm very lucky to have Michelle Giddens here. Thank you for coming to Sydney. Pleasure to be here. Very good. Now, you've just come straight off a panel, and it was probably one of the most emotional panels I've ever seen at a conference, let alone at a finance conference. Astounding. <laughs> Indeed. You said right from the start that it was a, a big challenge for an English person to have to bare their soul. You were there with Danny Almagor was there, David Ritter from Greenpeace, and Charlie Kleisner on the laptop connection. So some pretty uh, heavyweight partners there, but you, you held your own. How, how did you feel up there? It was actually, um, well, this summit has been extraordinary from being quite personal and quite emotional, absolutely from the beginning. I'm accustomed to coming to conferences and talking about impact investing. We tend to be quite technical about it. We tend to spend a lot of time um, angsting about how we're going to precisely measure impact on society but this conference has called on us to go somewhere back into our hearts and our souls and think about uh, what values are really driving us and to find the place I think uh, courage is one of the um, key words for the conference and so they're having us dig deep and find the courage to uh, all do more than we're already doing which is um, very exciting and deeply uncomfortable for certainly for me as a Brit. 
Well, courage and values, you know, I'm sure you've wrestled with these issues before. You, you've been in this industry for so long and, and far longer than the term impact investing in its modern iteration uh, was coined, you know, back when you're working for the IFC in Eastern Europe, there would be some amazing stories from that. But I'm keeping these short because we're, we're on site today and I don't want to take too much of your time. But I'd love to try and get a high level perspective on how you've seen this field change and evolve from those days, you know, before the definitions were sorted out. But I'm sure you were very clear on what you wanted to achieve. And then now we've got whole summits that are dedicated to it. Yeah, so I spent my 90s, as you say, um, in the world of development finance, working for organizations like the IFC and the World Bank, working in emerging countries and also in the transformation of, of Eastern Europe into a market economy, and then came back in 2000 to my own country, the UK, and had this revelation that um, it, uh, like the world, it was uh, composed of those that have and those that did not have, those that were included in all the bounty of the globalized capitalism and those that felt absolutely excluded. And that was the motivation for me, along with my co-founders, to set up Bridges. And in those days, we thought what we were doing was what now looks like a relatively small thing, which was saying... Ah, well, uh, finance and investment has done a great job of investing in lots of entrepreneurs, lots of innovators, creating a lot of new innovation and a lot of wealth. What if we could use that tool kind of on the side to invest in things that had a positive purpose? Over the period of Bridges' life, we've gone from that, which was a first fund of £40 million, investing in small but growing businesses in the most deprived quartile of the country, into funds that are in four thematics. We're looking at um, investments that can help provide more education, more health, to build a more sustainable planet. And we've gone from investing in growth businesses to the how you can invest in property that is going to provide low-income housing or more environmentally friendly buildings into um, new, completely new financial tools like social impact bonds where we can invest absolutely directly in get returns for our investors if rough sleepers come off the streets and, and find homes or if teenagers do better in school or kids come out of residential care into fostering and adoption. And the big thing out of all of that is we've gone from the idea that we were using this mainstream tool of finance to fix some social issues to now the much bigger idea, which is we need to completely transform our economies to make them more sustainable and more inclusive. So now when we talk about my own firm, we talk about investing in the future, but we say that investing in the future is the future of investing. And we say that we are investing in the transition, which we are now very comfortable is in place, albeit not fast enough, which is the transition to a more sustainable and a more inclusive global economy. And investing in the future, I think the timelines have, have really shortened as well. And, and that couldn't be more clear than being in Sydney when we've got fires literally on our doorstep. Um, you know, I've got family members that were on alert because there were fires in their backyard. And these concepts that were, you know, by the end of the century, we're talking about, you know, net zero by 2050. But hang on, these issues are here right now and we need action now. So quite staggering that, I mean, you know, this is what this summit's about. We're setting up the structures and we're trying to make the change, but we're realizing that the, uh, the politics of denial really isn't good enough. 
and I think that's causing a lot of sort of issues and fractures. But I wonder, I mean, does that factor into how you guys have your conversations um, at Bridges? You know, were there some timelines that you discussed, you know, out to 2050, for instance, and then you said, you know, recently have thought, hang on, we need to wind that back. Like these changes are happening more quickly than we could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, I first want to say that it is incredibly poignant and we've talked about emotion. It's incredibly emotional to be here in Australia and to be here in Sydney and having these conversations with a sense of being surrounded by that fire. And I do kind of think in my own life experience, it's been 17 years um, that we've taken so far to build the investment activities that Bridges have. And we've raised to date about $1.3 billion. And we've been able to do wonderful things like um, investing in a company that's taking unloved books and recycling them instead of them going into landfill, world, world of books, or building uh, affordable housing or setting up care companies. So I'm very proud of the small things that we've been able to do. But I kind of feel that uh, the world is burning around us, actually, and that um, there is a sense of urgency, which is beautifully encapsulated by the um, UN's global goals because we've got till 2030 to achieve those goals and I know I've been at this for 17 years now we don't have 17 years more and if I look at what we um, as a company are doing we do have very strong impacts both on people and planet but the scale of them is not nearly enough and the scale of all of impact investing in general is not nearly enough for us to be able to reach those goals by 2030 so there's no doubt that there's a burning emergency uh, to act faster and at greater scale that's right and quite staggering that the sdgs are still I'm sure you and I are in somewhat of a vacuum, an echo chamber. A bubble, maybe, you know, yeah. We're in a bit of a bubble, and, and I'm not going to you know, test you on, on some of the SDG numbers and what they all are, but you know, we're certainly aware of the depth and the, and the potential of it. But you don't have to go very far to talk to people that don't know what the SDGs are all about and, and, and are confused about it. So I think there's certainly a lesson and, and some work for all of us to do that, to spread that even further. Um, but it is a great framework to have the discussion and, and a common language. So that's really useful. I'm just if I can interrupt, I think, you know, for sure they're not nearly well enough known yet. And actually, uh, there are various governments that will remain <laughs> unnamed that may not be as front of mind as we would like that they have signed up for the global goals. And the global goals are not like the millennial goals. They don't just apply to emerging countries. They do apply to the countries that we both live in. However, what we've definitely seen in the UK and Europe is the financial sector. They have galvanized a hu huge amount of attention in the financial sector. We've already seen in the last two or three years a whole range of new products set up in public equities, in bonds and debt, which are directed to investing in things that will help achieve the sustainable development goals. So while they're not widely enough known, what has almost surprised me in a positive way is how the financial community has grasped them. I think partly because they've been beginning to understand that they need to go further than ESG, but they've been really lost as to how to determine what the objective measures of positive impact are. And then along come the global goals, and it provides a sort of a framework and a roadmap and something that is concrete that they can hang 
that positive impact product around. So I think they have been a galvanizing force in, in mainstream finance towards some degree of, uh, of greater impact investing. Very good, very good. And, you know, you bring an international perspective to the Impact Summit. So I wonder if you could sum up, you know, for people that haven't made it, maybe for people that have, have watched the summit from afar and, and think about coming, you know, what's the vibe here today and how do you feel in terms of conversations and, and, and as a meeting place? The vibe is pretty radical. You know, I've, I've heard speakers next to me in some cases talking about the world ending challenge that we have and, and, and getting, you know, I think partly because we're seeing the fires around it, getting very emotional about the immediacy of the crisis of climate change. And I don't usually see that kind of um, sense of emotion and urgency. That's terrific. It's also been rooted in something else that I think has been incredibly important. Um, so we started the day with an ancestress, actually a couple of people representing um, the native original community of Australia and um, sharing with us some spoken poetry and some singing, which rooted our discussions in a sense of the history of the place in which we're having those discussions. Being here has really been a microcosm of the issues that I worry about. So we've had that, the history, and some of the terrible things that uh, business and capitalism have done to some of the historic and original peoples of Australia, combined with visual images of global warming, the fires around us, combined with watching politicians talk about how this, you know, let's not make a link here now, guys, let's not rush to a link between those fires around you and the idea that the planet is warming. So all those things have been around us at this conference. There's been an immediacy about it and a kind of personal and emotional and, um, and urgency, an urgency around this conference, which is wonderful. That's right. And we're only just beginning. We're sort of halfway through day one and, and lots more to go. So anyway, I need to let you get back to it. But uh, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, good luck with it all. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you.